Welcome to Power Trader Radio's Trade Talk, the show designed exclusively for the savvy stock trader or investor of today. With the latest market analysis and strategies, stock market tips and tricks, investments with options and spread trades, the NEAR Report, news, events, analysis and research, we put it together for you. Hosted by Andy Peterson and Mark Eli. And now, here are your co-hosts, Andy and Mark. Hey, everybody. Andy and Mark here for episode 140. It is currently 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and it is the uh, <laughs> it's the what Wednesday after Black Friday. And I got a feeling you guys probably allowed had your wives do all the shopping for you if you're anything like me. Uh, when I say you guys, it's because I also have on the call with us John Lindahl, who is our CMO and also an expert trainer, um, and he hosts Tuesday Night Trades. So. Um, we are, yeah, we're just having some fun. We're just kind of, I, I still think I might be in a little bit of a, a turkey induced, uh, food coma. How was your Thanksgiving guys? Fantastic. Yeah. Good. Lots, Lots of yeah. thankful for. Yes. Yeah, I, I got. John. Yeah. I think we lost John. A little, oh, okay. A little-known little fact um, that you don't know is I sang with the Carolina Philharmonic. Get out of here. Yeah, they uh, they uh, we did this holiday pops concert on Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, and they had a uh, they told us uh, they were going to have the whole audience sing one, and they said you can go around and tell people that you sang with the Carolina Philharmonic. Uh, Oh, so that's your claim to fame. That's pretty impressive. You've been talking a lot yeah. about this, uh, you know, this annual event, and we, we all have our traditions, Christmas and Thanksgiving. This sounds like something you like to do every year. Yeah, we've done it three years in a row, and Ann and Champ can't say that because they just moved their lips. Yeah, they <laughs> lip synced. Yeah, that's kind of what my probably better off for the my neighbors nearest to me uh, that I don't uh, I don't raise my voice too much when I'm singing so I was not blessed with the uh, gift of song that's for sure um, so on deck guys in addition to um, you know the stocks that we're going to talk about I, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the way the stocks market's been kind of going all over the place now today was obviously a big day the Dow surged 600 points a big rally. Um, uh, it's all as a, re a result of um, the signals that Powell made uh, regarding uh, that the rates are near neutral. Um, and so when Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell talks, people listen. Um, I didn't know if you guys got that news as well. How did that affect your portfolio? And, and what do you think about the market, uh, what it did today and I guess in the last couple of weeks? You know, what about uh, you, Mark? Andy and I started doing um – Delta trades a while ago, and when we we started placing them, and w this has been a great market because in a Delta trade, you, you don't care which direction it's moving, you just want it to move, and right. we've been we've been doing really good on that. So hooray for the uh, volatility of the market. Yes, the volatility has been in our favor lately. If you guys are playing the volatility. Um, and there are certain trades that allow for that. Um, 
then yeah, you're probably doing well. Uh, we like to trade around earnings events. A lot of times, you know, we do those. Um, we don't care whether the trade goes up or down. We'll just kind of spread out um, the trade and kind of play the the effects of the market as the trade goes through um, and as the earnings report is made. And most of the time, the uh, the earnings report is favorable. The uh, the market, you know, the the stock will uh, climb. Uh, sometimes the opposite is true, and for whatever reason, and you don't can't always tell why uh, stock market uh, the stock will drop, and even if there's a good positive earnings report. So yeah, so those delta trades can kind of bail you out in those specific uh, instances. A lot of times you can tell if it's going to be a good earnings report or not. There's kind of hints drop right prior to uh, the earnings report. But yeah, those delta trades are something else. What do you think, uh, John? How How's your portfolio been affected by the market volatility and the craziness that we've seen the last couple of weeks? Well, um, like you, I've been looking at a lot of Delta trades and um, I've, uh, there's certain things that I've just been holding. And so they're just kind of going up and down. And then most of the trades I've been trying to make have been uh, shorter, shorter term in nature. And, um, but it, with the exception of the Delta trades, I've given them a little bit more time. So um, it's 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 been um, it's been a uh, clearly a funny market. I mean, there's so many things that are um, that are just you know the last two days, whether we're up close to 900 points, and prior yeah. to that, we were down 900 points. So you know, it's yeah, it's, yeah, uh, you're right. Getting and big moves. Yeah, sometimes it, uh, I think they just they just don't make sense. And so if you're if you have any questions yourself, uh, if you're listening in live, if you're not on the podcast, you can give us a call at nine one four three three eight one seven zero two. That number again nine one four three three eight one seven zero two. If you want to know more about Delta trades, what it is we're talking about, or how to place them, we'd be happy to address those for you live on the air. Um, so uh, we, <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of fun. I mean, when you have a group of people that you trade with and learn from, and I am not as nearly as experienced as Mark or John, uh, but I do learn from them every day, and it's always good to have a portfolio that's in the black based on on the trades that you make, um, which I do, which is wonderful. Um, but you know, with the stock market being the way it is, man, I'm, I'm, it's just been so much fun. So, Mark, I. Case in point, um, I wanted to hear a little bit about your uh, live trade. Uh, I did. I placed a paper trade on this. Kind of wish it would have been a live trade for me. Uh, uh, this is an Nvidia Corp. I did a I did a bull put on it with 150 uh, uh, short call or short put strike and 145 long put strike. Uh, Nvidia's now just uh, just gone nuts. I mean, it's just gone way up, way above both strikes. Uh, pretty exciting to see uh, on paper for me, but super exciting to see for you because you're turning a real profit. Tell me how you picked Nvidia. Is it something that you used um, Trade Caddy's tools for, or is, it, or is it just one of those? Or did right. you use Trade Caddy's education essentially and say, okay, I know enough about how to trade on the market that I've been looking at Nvidia for a long time, and this is what I want to do now. Well, a fairly good question. You know, both would be the accurate answer, but the. Ari is always a good tool to go ahead and alert you to certain conditions. And NVIDIA got beat up a lot because a lot of their profits has been in response to the Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency. Um, so uh, when, and when uh, NVIDIA started making a large profit because of uh, their video cards were doing the majority of the uh, encryptions, 
it was scaring NVIDIA at corporate office because that was too much money being made from one function. So uh, there was a pull, uh, there was a, uh, a pullback in Bitcoin that caused a reaction to NVIDIA. Now NVIDIA still mm-hmm. makes these great uh, cards, and they're uh, they're still a profitable company. Matter of fact, their earnings report was uh, was really good. The, their their problem was just so much money was in one area. So that uh, reaction, anytime you have a, a an emotional reaction like that, uh, there's going to be uh, automatic um, support levels that are put in by a certain create these self fulfilling. They say, hey, when it gets down below, then I'm going to buy. If it goes down below, if it goes down below the level, you get these stop losses and you get these buy ins and and, and they're built in. They're auto-rated. So you, you knew what was going to happen. You just knew those uh, those gonna, price points were going to hit. So uh, yeah. already alerted yeah. that to him, especially in the sentimental analysis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it's you know, and, and I think I ought to give names for all these different types of charts I see instead of calling each one a funky chart. But uh, that seems to be what I, how I would describe the Nvidia uh, technical yeah, charting uh, over the last, I guess, uh, six months. Really, since October, it's just been on this. Um, you know, it's been almost like a, I don't know how much how many points it's dropped a hundred hundred forty hundred fifty crazy and but the last week um either whether you picked it or already picked it uh it's gone back up and um looks like the rsi was dipping at below 30 again and so um it's just been uh been a really interesting ride for anybody who's been trading nvidia uh but it sounds like mark you are uh in the clear when is your um when does your trade expire december 21st and i did the same strike prices when 50, 145. I did 10 contracts on that. So hooray oh, wow. for that. You know, which is, a, you get a $5 spread. And uh, I did a bull call, which is mm-hmm. a uh, little contrarian to where I usually go. I go on the bull put side. But over right. here, I found myself on the debit side. So I I, I bought that trade. I ended up, um, I'm right now uh, in the clear at 8 you know, let's see how much oh, I'm in the clear. Uh, two, one, one thousand. I'm adding in my head one thousand four hundred dollars. So okay, good. Now a bull call doesn't take um, advantage of the volatility as much as a bull put would. Is that correct, Mark? You know, that's a good point. You know, whenever, whenever there's volatility, you're going you're going to get some of that volatility in that short call. But that that uh, short put on the uh, bull put side, you're right. There's and you're you're always uh, a good question asker. <laughs> yeah, good questions. But in American markets, we have put call parity, and we've brought this up in a a, a particular um, one of our previous shows. And mm-hmm. uh, a bull put looks a lot like a covered call, except you're not buying the yeah. stock; you're substituting it, and you're buying that long call. And and whenever you have uh, high volatility, that long call is going to be more expensive. So whenever you have a lot of comp- – sometimes there's this uh, competition between the puts and the calls, and whenever mm-hmm. you find the debits uh, lower priced, you can you can go ahead and absorb uh, a long put in play and take advantage of that lo- uh, that long position being at, at a discount. So that's what yeah. I did. I jumped on it. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get you one of these days with these questions. My goal is always to stump you live on the air and create a very awkward and embarrassing moment for all of us. But so far, I haven't been able to do that. <laughs> but I, I do fi- I find it very interesting. Um, Ari, uh, I'm sorry, not Ari, but one of TradeCaddy's other tools is the Option Chain Wizard, where we get data fed from a data feed every night, pulls the Option Chain in, and then it creates these cool like suggestions for trading. And right alongside the bull call, and separated by the collar trade is the bull put. Um, and so it's really fun to take a look at the, what are the strike prices that the option chain wizard is recommending? Um, but, and what are the differences between the bull call and the bull put? And you take a look at the risk and the ROI of the two and you're like, wow, well, you know, why is the ROI for the bull put that much more than for the bull call or vice versa? And what happens if I go out a little further in time and you can go ahead and make those adjustments to the OCW and say, wow, this is a really nice trade. I think I'll go to my broker dealer and place it now. So um, lots of, lots of fun things uh, to do with the um, option chain wizard, uh, whether it's NVIDIA or um, a trade that you ended up losing money in Mark, which I would love to hear about. We are a full disclosure company and not every trade, as you know, is a successful one, but you can learn from every trade regardless of whether you win or lose. And so Mark, um, you know, we and I, you and I were talking about this. Sounds like you got a little bit greedy, which is, you know, something that right. we've all succumbed to. Tell us about right. the trade, Mark, that, uh, that we were kind of lamenting about earlier. Well, Disney was expected to release a, a positive earnings report. Aria picked up on that and predicted in the sentimental analysis, that is the expectation of the investor in the future, that um, Disney would go ahead and go up. So, uh, it was around an earnings event. I it was it was a earnings was coming out on Thursday. The expiration of the stock was expiring on a Friday. It was on a Tuesday. I bought the long call, and I didn't I didn't even bother covering the long put. I, I just I didn't want to absorb. And there was so much price. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you prefaced this. You you loaded me up really nicely by talking about volatility. That long call was so expensive that I mm. I went up a little bit in that price. I paid for it, so I needed that stock to to go up uh, over 118 and over for me to start uh, getting back uh, some of my money. So I yeah. had to get it. I I would get all my money back at 119, and uh, I did. It was a, I only did five contracts, but uh, it ended up in that day. It went up oh, it went to 120, and I could have got out. I and I sat there and I could have got out, and made 200 bucks. There was some extrinsic value in there. I could, I could have did it, but I didn't. Instead, I yeah. sat. I was greedy, and I ended up coming back down. And and when it went down below 119, I was just crying. And then it came back up a little bit, and I sold it. I get back about a hundred dollars out of the, you know, 600 I had in it. So yeah. I lost about 500 something dollars. Well, Mark, I wouldn't I wouldn't beat yourself up too much about it. I am I am like zooming in and I was on the looking at quick and I can tell the exact day you were looking at it. It, was, it looks like it was November 9th. It was the only day where it went above 120 and just for a short period of time before it dropped back down to I think it took to close somewhere between 118 and 119 and then and then it just continued its slump until basically until yesterday. And then today it kind of it went up uh, a couple points to 116. So it's still nowhere near where you wanted it to be. So, I, you know, I say, hey, it's, you know, it's okay, Mark. I mean, it didn't, it, it never had the 
I don't think you got greedy. I just think you, you, you know, it was just a split second where you could have made that profit. That stock just wasn't destined to go where, where you wanted it to go that day or that week. Yeah. I think Disney's rumored to release a, a new product. It's going to be like a, a Disney channel that competes with Netflix. So I, um, I think that's going to be an interesting product for net, uh, Disney and as a profit, you know, yeah, I think it's gonna yeah. Be what, well. what I really like about uh, when we do these this analysis through ARI, um, the Analysis Research Index, we've got links to all these external sources. So we've got links to EarningsWhisper.com and StockTwits, et cetera, and, and NASDAQ's uh, news feed. And so, you know, you basically can open up all those windows to kind of supplement where, where ARI's getting its data from and and kind of look, okay, what's going on with Disney? Why is it, uh, why are there sentimental, you know, uh, the sentimental analysis is showing it's favorable and, and it's as a result of the news events probably. And so you can look at that and figure out what it is that you wanted to uh, want to do there. Um, so, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's, you know, you sound like you're a little depressed about that, Mark, but it's Disney after all, you can't <laughs> right. be depressed about Disney, right? You know, actually just a, a little interesting fact, there are more shareholders of Disney, individual shareholders of Disney than any other stock. Because most, a lot of parents and grandparents would buy one or two shares for their grandchildren and just park those things. But you can, you can if you ever get a chance, uh, you can actually ask um, you, to get your stock certificate. If you buy Disney, have them issue one share, just in, in yeah. a stock certificate. It is so beautiful. I, uh, guilty as charged, my, my son has that frame, guilty as charged, one share. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. It, it's it's a it's a beautiful it's a masterpiece. I um, can picture it now. It's got Ursula in the upper right hand corner from The Little Mermaid, <laughs> and then it's got the yeah, probably not her. Probably picked somebody a little more of a celebrity in the Disney world to uh, to to grace the cover of the stock certificate. Well, and we had some bad news yesterday, Andy. The, What's that? The, the creator, the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants, died from Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a horrible disease. Yeah, yeah, that was... yeah, that's that's unfortunate. I did see something on Twitter come across there. That's uh, yeah, that's always um, sad when you hear somebody like that who has had such an influence on. You know, even if it is, you know, it's a cartoon, uh, but cartoons obviously have influence. We all know who SpongeBob SquarePants is, you know what I mean? <laughs> so um, coming up well, after the break, you know, uh, let's talk a little bit more, guys, about – I want to talk a little bit about my Apple trade, and then um, and then I want to talk a little bit more about a tool that we call the Double Eagle Light after the break. Tired of trying to invent a time machine? Can't get your crystal ball to tell the future? Look no further. There is a wizard that can help you make money. The Option Chain Wizard from Trade Caddy can give you the ability to trade on future expectations. Not only can you make money on an upward moving stock, but you can make money in any direction, up, down, and stagnant. Go to TradeCaddy.com to find out more. Calling all traders. Calling all traders. This is Power Trader Radio. Now, Trade Talk continues on PowerTraderRadio.com. 
All right. Well, we are back after a short break. I wanted to give you guys a little uh, heads up on Apple. This was something that a trade that I had been looking at just because it's one of those one of those trades where you're looking at uh, an earnings report and you're looking at the overall market segment that is in technology sector. You know that there are some news out there regarding tariffs and and other things that may bring the stock down, but you're seeing all of the other tech sector stocks going up. Um, and you're just wondering, you're just, you're befuddled. Why isn't this stock going up yet? And you're thinking, well, you're just going to time the market because you know that the very next day it's going to go up. Well, that's what I was thinking with regards to Apple. And I think it was, I can't remember when I placed this trade guys, but John, I, I, or I think it was Mark, I texted you and I, I, I sent the chart to you and I said, look at this chart. I think I called it a funky chart. Um, and it was just, it, it was taking this nosedive again. It was probably, it might even have been early or late last week. And I'm like, oh, well, that wouldn't be the case because, no, it might have been right before Thanksgiving. Um, and I'm like, it's got to it's gotta turn around. It's broken through all of the uh, support. Uh, or it didn't, it didn't break through the support. And I thought, okay, well, I think it's going to turn around. And so I put a, I think it was a bull put on apple and if you take a look at the stuff i think the rsa i was below 30 so i mean i'm looking at technical buy signals here but i just wasn't seeing any results um and but i i i bet big so to speak i don't like to use the phrase bet because i think we got a lot of intelligence going into this um and i think it was right at like 170 or 173 and so i put my long uh i'm sorry my short put strike at one. 82.5 and my long put strike at like 180. And uh, so there it sat for a couple of days in the one low 170s range. And, I'm, and the expiration on this thing is late this or uh, yeah, the 28th of December. So it's late or maybe it's 23rd or uh, whatever. What day would that be? 21st. Um, and, and so there's a lot of time left in this thing. And so today, finally, I think today, maybe yesterday was the first day where it started to come back around for me. And so I think Mark or John, I can't remember which one it was just, you know, we were just saying, just hold on. You know, this is, first of all, you thought I was nuts for putting the strike so high, but I'm like, just take a look at the chart guys. It's going to go up and sure enough, it went up. Um, and so now it just has to go up a little bit more in the next three, four weeks. And I'll have myself a nice, a really nice trade, which well, pretty much for me, I don't, I'm not a, pre, a heavy volume trader when it comes to uh, the stock markets, uh, you know, actual trades. Um, but so this is pretty much the last one I've got in play for the calendar year. I might put one or two more in. I've been doing like five uh, paper trades uh, a week, but only one or two um, per per week for uh for the actual trade. So I just want to go ahead and share with you that. I didn't know if you had any comments you wanted to make about Apple in general or where it's sitting um, as far as its current stock prices. Um, John, what do you, you got any thoughts on that? Well, Mark and I were talking about this uh, yesterday, I believe. And, um, you know, Ari and the talking heads and everybody are, are talking about a move uh, after the first of the year. Um, I've been reading some things that uh, Apple is going to actually drop a little bit more um, before it starts heading up. But I'm I'm watching yeah. it like a hawk yeah. because I think there's a lot of upward movement potential there. Yeah. And, um, yeah. What do you? Yeah. I you know I'm 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 bullish on it. I'm just not sure of the timing of my bullish at this point. So I'm I'm kind of 
watching that. Mark, what are you, you want to talk about? Ari's talking about January or something, right? Right. You know, I'm I'm in that trade too uh, with Andy, but I only did one contract. So um, Andy was a brilliantly uh, led us to this one, and so I'm grazing in his pasture on this one. So, I you know I I went ahead and I did a um, believe it or not I did a bull call on him, and so I I went out and I, there was so much profit in that that bull call side. Yeah. I, I can go ahead and I can close this out, and I only did a one seventy one seventy two fifty, and um, so you you only got two hundred and fifty dollars max, you know two fifty between those two. I don't remember what I paid for it. Uh, my uh, I'm showing uh, that I have uh, pretty close to two hundred dollars profit. I think I'll close this early and take my risk mm-hmm. off the table. Uh, I mean my max. I can't. I don't think I can make any more. I'm just, yeah. A little bit more, but not really. I think I'm just going to close it. Or 16 days left. So. Gotcha. Yeah. It closed just under 182 today, I believe. You know. You know what's interesting? Yeah. Though, yeah. It, yeah. It's. Is this is a perfect point to talk about risk? And there's a guy out there, and I feel bad for him. He's a. He's got his own uh, fund that he managed. His name is James Corrier. He owns a company called optionseller.com. You may have heard of him. He has about 290 customers that were invested. And what he did is he would sell naked shorts. And oh. we, uh, we, <laughs> exactly. And this guy went ahead and he, uh, he shorted the oil market and uh, he did these short calls and, and, and when the uh, market uh, went ahead and took off and went up, he uh, he lost and he shorted he shorted puts, <laughs> and then he came down. That guy lost. He lost. And so the the moral of this story is, uh, with naked uh, shorts, you have unlimited risk. And he had a portfolio of 170 million dollars. And these guys, he was actually managing them out of their own account. He didn't actually have a hedge fund set up. So these guys not only lost all, he lost every bit of that $170 million, plus those investors have to pay out of their pocket to cover that short position. So not only did they lose everything, they're still reaching into their pocket to pay out of it. And he's, oh, uh, boy. So t- take in, go to Google and type in option seller. And you'll notice that the, the the page is loaded with lawsuits and attorneys just piling up on this guy trying to get him. But he disclosed this on YouTube. He went on two weeks ago, uh, or a week ago, I think it was a week ago, and, and told everybody on YouTube. And I watched that whole thing. I watched his um, confession on what he did. Wow. Yeah, but that just makes sure, you know, it reminds people out there that they need to check everything out before they go ahead and place trades. Check us out as well. I mean, this, you know, what we do, these are not recommendations to buy or sell securities. Um, Options involve some risk. You need to know what you're doing. We sell tools and we sell education. We provide it to you um, to help you avoid um, the James Cordier's out there. And naked short calls. I mean, that's just, it's just, you know, if you don't know what you're doing and we actually know, I know somebody who also lost by doing uh, naked short calls as well. So 
um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something you really need to know um, a lot about what it is that you are, um, what you're doing. Uh, that's why paper trading is so awesome. Um, and one of the things I'm reminded about, you know, we have a Facebook page and a Twitter page. And so every time we get together, even if it's just a short half hour podcast once a week, um, the material that comes out of these discussions gives me plenty of um, material to provide to our Twitter followers and our Facebook followers. So be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, um, especially if you're interested in anything that was said during this day. Mark just shot me a text of the YouTube video that he's referring to. Um, we'll go ahead and put a picture of the Disney stock certificate up there. You know, who knows what else we'll do? Maybe a picture of Ursula and SpongeBob SquarePants. You know, uh, I don't know. Well, you never know what we'll put on our Facebook page. Huh? You, you know, um, the um, guy from uh, Marvel Comics died. Uh, oh, Stan Lee, you're absolutely right. Stan Lee, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The first time I shed a tear over, uh, over a Marvel comic book was when Thanos beat up the Hulk, and I hope I didn't give that away for anybody who hasn't seen the Avengers yet. Um, and then the second time was when, uh, yeah, Stan Lee, he was quite the master. Um, and Yeah, he, he had a cameo in just about every single Marvel movie, I think, didn't he? Yeah, and you know, he didn't actually... There was no news, really. I didn't see much come out on him. He just passed away. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty quiet, I think. Um, but, yeah, I did. I think it was a Wall Street Journal article or maybe a podcast where they kind of went over or at least rehashed. Um, I think it might have even been a video of, like, um, you know, his last word. You know, the, the, the title of the article was The Last Word, Stanley's Last Word or something like that. But <laughs> I wanted to close this show in the last minute. Mark always bet. He's I. I tell Mark we're gonna make we're gonna keep this a half hour, and he always wants to bet me that we're gonna go ahead and go over a half hour, and he would have won once again. I said we have the power to shut off the show at, at seven thirty. So if it comes down to a money uh, monetary issue, I will shut this show down just so I can win the bet. <laughs> but um, I wanted to showcase the double eagle light and the black box trades that I've been making. And when we call call these trades black box guys. Um, I think I put four trades in last week that I just I went to the double eagle light, which is our covered call, um, our covered call picker. It picks great covered calls for us, and so I just leave everything blanket. Show me some great covered calls button, and then I sort by the RE score. And guys, I came up with uh, four trades that I pretty much black box. I might have made some tweaks. Um, three of those trades are here. Actually, I think I might have just done the three. Um, the first one was Exalexis Inc. And I placed a, uh, a covered, I did a covered call and a bull call. And the covered call had a short call strike of, uh, looks like 17. And um, the stock is now at 19.7. So the, that short call will execute and I will make a return on investment on that. And I can't remember what the percent is on that, but. Um, it might be as small as 5% or it might be higher, but you know, the annual ROI on these things is close to 50, 75% in this particular case for nectar therapeutics, which is the second one on the list. Nectar therapeutics. I had a 38, um, short call strike. It's currently at 30, uh, $38 and 20 cents is where the stock's at. So that short call will also execute on uh, the 21st of December. And that is where I get that 6% ROI, which is, again, small, but over the course of four weeks, you got yourself, you know, a 70, 72% ROI over the year. So these things kind of add up. The last one was the Mellanox Technologies, and that, too, um, had 
Oh, it looks like I did a looks like I did a bull call on this with a ninety eighty seven point five spread. Huh? Melanox. It just sounds like I I think Wizard of Oz. The Melanoxes. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. or maybe oh, what was the uh, H.G. Wells? The Morlocks was it? Okay, Melanoxes and the, the Warlocks. Yeah. Morlocks. Yeah, well, I of of the three trades I'm talking about, Exalexis is the one that rolls off the tongue the most, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Exalexis. So yeah, so anyway, those three trades, I just black box those uh, using the double eagle lights, and they're all in the money. Um, just kind of a proof of concept thing that I like to do every once in a while, and I wanted to go ahead and let you guys know about um, the trades that the double eagle light, the stocks that it is considering to be favorable covered call or poor man covered call trades, which is the bull call. Uh, the first one was MXIM is the ticker. It's Maxim Integrated Products. Uh, the OCW or the uh, RE is giving that a score of 25.6 out of 30, which is uh, bullish. Um, and it's got a covered call uh, strike price that it's looking at of uh, $55. Stock close at 56.22 today. The other one that you might want to look at, guys, let me know if you place these trades or, uh, again, this is not a recommendation to buy or sell. So if you place these paper trades, probably the safest way for me to say that. Applied Materials is another one. AMAT Ooh. is the ticker, and it's looking at like a $37 strike. The stock code is at $37.11. If you place that trade with an expiration of 12.14, well, shoot, even 12.07, uh, less than two weeks out, it looks like you're looking at a 3% ROI, but that's a 102% ROI over the course of the of the year, uh, which is great. Now, I told you guys earlier I sorted by the RE score, but I can also sort by max return on investment over the period. And you know what I, I like to what you just did, though? Stickers. What's that? You, and what you just did is you spread yourself out in different sectors. You're in retail, you're in metals, you're in uh, pharma, pharmacology. You're, you're, you're pretty much, you're covering different yeah. sectors in this, this uh, yeah. random assortment of trades. That's interesting that you you're mentioned that, Mark. Yeah, and John, that, you know, the, that's one thing that um, Ari does not do is we, we have all sorts of settings. We set option settings, Ari settings, performance settings. Is there any way that we can do like a sector setting? Like uh, you wanted to do the market sector, like the technology market sector, and do a search for only those trades in the market sector that you're interested in? It's funny that you asked that because somebody else asked that too. And it's not currently uh, there, but we it, it's so easy to add. So we we can have that in a blink of, uh, click of a finger. Yeah. Yeah. Let's well, go ahead and the, add that. Yeah. For, I'll add it. For those of you who don't know, um, and probably all of you, I mean, um, John, he comes from a financial financial background. He's he's pretty much a wizard at everything. But Mark and I, we're uh, come from a, uh, an IT background, and so when he says we can do that pretty easily, that means what we're probably going to be doing tonight or tomorrow <laughs> is a new tool for you guys. So I mean, that's kind of a quick turnaround. It might not happen overnight, but literally it could because we do also the programming on uh, Trade Caddy as well, along with uh, we have an, another individual that helps out with that as well but yeah so um if we say we're going to do it there's every uh bit every every reason we can guys uh we are officially five minutes over i don't want to keep everybody over and i think um i think my lovely wife is probably interested in, in um 
chatting with me tonight. So let's, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this call up. Is there anything else you guys want to say? Uh, go, go NVIDIA. Go NVIDIA. Go Apple. Go Apple. Go Apple. <laughs> yeah. This is Power Trader Radio. Got the power. 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 See ya. <laughs>